is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. gentlemen, welcome to the finest establishment in all of the IWC, the OTS venue, right downstairs into my mother's basement, man. What are you guys drinking tonight? I, I honestly feel like any drink off the menu is fantastic. Just don't have Jesse make it because he's too busy, uh... Fucking around, as always. Uh, predictable. Predictable, man. That's what SmackDown was tonight. It looked very good on paper. But SmackDown tonight, man, let's be real, was a little too predictable. I think everybody kind of chose Edge or AJ Styles to win this thing. Bobby Lashley looked like the guy coming out of his match as well. I would have did it a little bit different, but we'll talk about it tonight on the show, man. Predictable. Everything tonight was predictable. Predictable like Jesse's Tacos being unseasoned. Predictable like the Miami Heat getting a victory over the New York Knicks. Predictable. Like the Atlanta Braves winning the NL East this year over the $350 million New York Mets. Predictable. Like the WWE shills crying when Tony Khan announces a multi-million, maybe billion dollar TV deal, man. Predictable. That's SmackDown tonight. We're going to talk about it. Welcome to the OTS venue, and uh, Jesse, listen, bro, it's way too hot in here, man. I'm going to have to ask you to pump the air conditioner. I'm sweating my fucking balls off. Why do I have a hoodie on, man? Listen, bro, don't ask me fucking questions, okay? Seriously, your tacos suck, and I'm going to fire you, all right? Just pump up the air conditioner and change this fucking music, man. Who listens to this shit? Really? Oh, my goodness. I don't even know why I come here. Yeah, I don't know why you come here either, motherfucker. I, listen, man, you, you always complain about the same thing every night, man. I don't know why I come here. I don't know why I got you here. Be honest with you. Anyway, uh, before we get into uh, anything, I have to take care of business here, man. We need... Uh... dollar super chat oh my goodness man 
This guy was dropping bombs at the bar before I even got into the fucking venue, man. Holy shit. This guy says, won't be around for the live stream tonight, but I'll catch the show tomorrow. Love the new Legend of JD from NY shirt. Awesome stuff. I already placed my order. Best to you, bro, and have a great show. Much love. We buying everybody in the venue around, man. Holy shit. This guy's fucking awesome, man. We love Osaki. Brother, thank you so very much, man. As always, it warms my heart that you are the way that you are, man. I, this guy leaves me speed. If there's one thing Osaki does, man, every single time, he's leaving me speechless. Every time. Thank you, brother. We love you here. And uh, I hope all is well with you and your family, man. Smackdown tonight. SmackDown tonight, uh, all joking aside, it was a, uh, in my green, I shouldn't have wore a green fucking t-shirt, man, holy shit, I got, uh, my green t-shirt bleeded into the green screen, like a fucking dumbass, like an amateur, um, SmackDown tonight, man, listen, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad show, and I said the same thing about, I said the same thing about Monday Night Raw, it wasn't a bad show, now that I look back on it, Monday Night Raw was just awful, uh, Monday Night Raw, it wasn't egregious. SmackDown wasn't bad. But WWE is in this, this holding pattern, man. This, this, this very predictable field. They're in this very predictable uh, feeling right now. Everything just seems kind of, well, that looks great. But, I mean, it's a little too predictable. I think most of the Monday Night Raw side of things was a little too predictable. And Seth Rollins ended up coming out on top. You know, it's predictable is not bad. But when you can automatically know and pick out what WWE is going to do, then it kind of gets like, well, why the fuck did I waste my time watching this? You know, you want some suspense. You want some, you know, a little dash of unpredictability. Going back to Monday, it was Rollins, Priest, and Shinsuke Nakamura, Damian Priest. And Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I think everybody kind of knew Seth Rollins was going to come out of that match. On the other side of things, it was Cody Rhodes in his match against Finn Balor. And I forgot who else was in the, the, the Miz. That's how unimportant the Miz is. I didn't even remember he was in the fucking match. Finn Balor, Cody Rhodes, and the Miz. And I think everybody kind of assumed that Brock Lesnar was going to come out and ruin Cody Rhodes' chances of getting into the finals and he was going to start yet another program for another match, or continue the program, I should say, for another match going into Night of Champions, which ended up being Finn Balor winning that match. And I think we all kind of knew with Balor and Rollins in the finals that it was going to be Seth Rollins. It was predictable. Very predictable. Predictable is not bad all the time, but when WWE does predictable nowadays, it's, it's, rarely, it's rarely interesting. And the same thing happened tonight, honestly. Now, the f- the first match, the opening match, had a little bit of a twist. You know, you could have either gone with Edge or you could have gone with AJ Styles. Now, a lot of people, and, and this is what happens when you're on Twitter and, you know, you read the dirt sheets and you get the news and the late-breaking spoilers before the show. Everybody wants to fucking pay for a paywall and get their news before the show happens. You know, I was kind of tipped off that AJ Styles was going to win the match before SmackDown even aired. 
So I'm like, well, I'm not really surprised by that. It was either going to be AJ or Edge. You could have gone either way. But I think a lot of people, a lot of people, not to take anything away from Edge. Edge is fucking great. But I think a lot of people were definitely wanting to see AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins more than Edge versus Seth Rollins. Now, Edge versus Seth Rollins had a little bit more of a story. But with AJ, honestly, everybody wants that wrestling match that they know uh, is probably going to come out of that. And that's what they got. Edge lost. He actually took the pin tonight. And Rey Mysterio was in that match as well. I don't think he had a, a, a chance at all of winning this match. And then we got the other match. It was Sheamus, Austin Theory, and Bobby Lashley. Now, I would have preferred Sheamus, honestly, to go to the finals, but that's just me. Bobby Lashley, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Bobby Lashley went on to the finals to wrestle AJ, and it was just more of the same, more of the same. We've seen this. Everything you saw tonight was predictable. Everything you saw Monday, it was predictable. I don't get it. I don't get it. Predictable sometimes can be good. Predictable can sometimes be bad. Tonight, it was kind of a bad predictable. Not to say that those matches were not good. The triple threat matches tonight were very good TV matches. I thought the second match with Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, and who the fuck was else uh, was in that match? Uh, it was uh, Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Um, yeah, that was the best that was the better of the two. Sheamus. Just fucking went blank for a second. Sheamus. Um, that was the better of the two triple threat matches. So outside that, again, predictable. Then you got the big thing that happened tonight. Roman Reigns. We'll get into that in a second. Asuka. Asuka turned heel, I think, against Bianca Belair. And she is setting herself up for another women's championship match. WWE now has Raw and SmackDown in the books. We got one Raw and one SmackDown in the books. I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep a tally of how many weeks we go without WWE addressing the elephant in the room. And that is the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship being on SmackDown and the SmackDown Women's Championship on Raw. We got two shows now. What are we waiting for? Are we going to get a unification match? Are we getting a a winner-take-all match? Are we unifying the divisions? Are we unifying the titles? What are we doing? I I don't get it. So now we're going back and doing the same thing that we got at WrestleMania again in Saudi because we need a championship match for Bianca Belair. Great. Don't you think the idea that is more important here is finding out what we're going to do with the women's championships, maybe get them back on their appropriate shows, maybe. We got a $100 bomb. I don't know what got into you guys tonight, man. Holy shit, a $100 bomb by Ali. He says, here's a $100 bomb for you, J.D., because you're the best in the world of the IWC. Hashtag OTS for life. Oh, my goodness, man. Another round. 
Another round for everybody in the venue, man. Holy shit. Thank you to Osqui. Thank you to Ali, man. I love you guys. The big thing that happened tonight is Roman Reigns finally making his return to WWE. The last time we saw Roman Reigns was on the Raw after WrestleMania. He was there. He didn't do anything. He was supposed to wrestle in the main event of that show. And then that's where Brock Lesnar turns on Cody Rhodes. So he's basically been on vacation since WrestleMania. That was, what, April April 2nd, April 3rd, April 4th, Monday Night Raw. It is now May 12th. The man's been off for more than a month. I hope he's well-rested. I hope he got whatever he needed to get done. Done. And now we get back to business. Roman is needed on the show. Roman is the world champion. He is the undisputed world champion. Everything around him just feels better when he's there. Everything just feels that much more important when he's there. None of that, I want you guys to pay attention, none of that goes away. None of that goes away uh, when he is away from television. When he comes back, people love him. People miss him. People cheer for him. People give him the same type of reactions every single time. It doesn't waver. It doesn't lessen. It just stays consistent. So pay attention to that, man. It really is something special. I know a lot of people are upset that he won at WrestleMania. I know a lot of people are still upset that he is still the undisputed champion He will lose those championships. I don't know when. I have my prediction on that. I have my way I would book it. I would have Cody win money in the bank, cash in at SummerSlam. Boom, there you go. Bada bing, bada boom. He wins the world championship at SummerSlam. But tonight, it was not about the undisputed WWE heavyweight championship. It wasn't about Cody Rhodes. Roman Reigns was back tonight to address Jimmy and Jay Uso for all of the wrong that they have done since they lost the tag team championships to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. In the main event, mind you, of night one of WrestleMania, they got a rematch. On the night of the draft, on the night of the SmackDown portion of the draft, they got a rematch and they lost. So two opportunities and they lost to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Roman Reigns is back on the show tonight. He doesn't want to talk about anything else. He wants an apology. He wants an I'm sorry from Jimmy and Jay Uso. They eventually apologize. I'm sorry, Us. I apologize, Us. Give us another shot at the tag team championships. I guarantee you we'll get the job done. Roman Reigns says, yes, the bloodline are going to take back the tag team championships. Wise men. Tell them what's going down. Paul Heyman then states that Roman Reigns is not defending the undisputed WWE Universal Championship at Night of Champions. One would think that that would be the case, seeing that May 27th, Roman Reigns reaches 1,000 days as the undisputed champion. He's not defending his championships. He's not defending his reign, his record-setting reign. He's going after the tag team titles. I guess Vince realized, I guess Vince's back was forced against the wall. Well, if Roman can't win the other pretty world championship to give him three titles, don't worry, son-in-law. Don't worry, pal. I'm going to give Roman four titles. That's best for business. That's good shit. This is the way I see it. 
Vince McMahon couldn't give Roman Reigns three world titles. Don't worry about it. You could keep your shitty second place prize, your little consolation prize. I'm going to give Roman four titles. That's what I'm doing. Might as well give him the Intercontinental Championship. Why don't you? Might as well give him the United States Championship. There's a fucking meme going around. Just give Roman all the titles, man. Just give Roman all the titles but the World Heavyweight Championship. Seriously. I don't know how this makes any sense. I I don't. Not to say that I don't like it. It's very unpredictable. It's very unpredictable. This is a good thing. Roman Reigns, we know for a fact. I could bet the fucking house. I could bet every fucking dime in my bank account. Roman Reigns is not getting pinned in that match. Roman is not taking a pinfall loss to Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens. Now, Solo Sokoa, obviously, if they are to lose that match, he will be taking the pinfall loss there. But I think what happens here is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens retain the titles, pin Solo Sokoa, and it's all because of Jimmy and Jey Uso. There's got to be some jealousy there. There's got to be some deep-rooted anger now that Roman Reigns basically embarrassed them in front of the entire WWE universe, right? Because I know I feel embarrassed. You don't trust us anymore. You just told us that we can't get the job done. We don't, we don't feel a part of your family anymore. What good are we to you if you need to go and do what we should be doing? Roman doesn't trust Jimmy and Jey Uso anymore. So the way I see it is that they ruin the tag team match. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens retain the titles. And we either get the further pushing out the Usos of the bloodline or they are just absolutely kicked out of the bloodline turn and they go on their own. I don't know, but it is unpredictable. For all we know, WWE could take the tag team titles from Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and give them to Solo and Roman Reigns because it would not be that far-fetched on 1,000 days where he is wrestling for the WWE as a part of this undisputed heavyweight championship title reign. 1,000 days as universal champion. Do you see Roman Reigns losing on the day he eclipses 1,000 days? I don't know, man. On one hand, you think about that, and then you ask yourself, does WWE want him to lose on that night? Of all nights, a thousand days. Do you see Roman Reigns losing on a thousand days? He's not defending his titles, but do you see him losing on that day? That's a big fucking number. That really is a big number. Or do you see Solo taking the pinfall loss and nothing will happen to Roman and Sammy and KO retain their tag team titles thanks to the Usos? Because something is going to happen with Jay Uso. All of the Sami Zayn and Jay Uso, you know, narrative that we've seen. Obviously, it all means something. Is it going to come into play on May 27th? Is Jay Uso finally going to open up and understand what Sami Zayn has been telling him for months? That may be the culmination of everything that Sami Zayn told Jay Uso. We'll see. We'll see. But I'll tell you what, I'm glad it's not Omas. I'm glad WWE didn't give us 
Omos or Bobby Lashley or somebody else that would just inevitably take a pinfall loss to Roman Reigns. But no matter how interesting this match is with the story that revolves around it, there is still this glaring negative that WWE, while having Roman Reigns hold this title for near a thousand days, on May 27th is going into Saudi Arabia a night of champions and does not have an opponent to defend those titles against on such a monumental milestone date. It's a problem. It's kind of sad that WWE's thrown everything in front of Roman Reigns and they've gone and basically emptied their basket for Roman Reigns. There's nothing left. So they are the reason why Roman doesn't have an opponent one-on-one at Night of Champions. That's why they have to go and do the tag team route instead of doing a one-on-one match. But like I said, it's better than Omas. It's better than somebody that would just be there to eat a pin and then we can celebrate. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Can't really complain about it, but I want to throw that out there for you guys as to why it really is a bad look for WWE and a bad look for Roman Reigns. But I'm interested in it. I'm interested in it. And I think the story is going to really take shape on May 27th at Night of Champions. Other than that, guys, I mean, the show was decent looking on paper. I was excited about it coming in. We saw Cameron Grimes and Baron Corbin. I was excited to see Cameron Grimes wrestle tonight. We've seen him wrestle for three seconds. That's about it. He did his finishing move, and that was it. Poor Baron Corbin. And Grayson Waller is getting a segment next week. We saw Pretty Deadly tonight. We saw Isla Dawn and Alba Fire tonight. Really, the NXT talent was a non-factor on the show, and WWE is getting them ready for hopefully what is to come in the following weeks. But... We will go over the entire show tonight, and I want to thank you guys for being here. I know it is a busy Friday evening. I know you guys probably are either watching the NBA game, the Lakers and Warriors, and you'll catch up with me later, or you're doing the double duty thing and you're watching the game and listening to me at the same time. Either way, I appreciate you guys tuning in one way or another. Right here on the podcast. It is Friday night. No matter where you are, man, I appreciate you guys being here. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That is Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. 
Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. There will be uploads this weekend, man. I'm going to fill you in on all the news right here on Off The Script. So make sure you guys are notified. There will be activity in your sub boxes. Hit that thumbs up. We got 2,200 people in here tonight, man. We only got 500 likes. That is unacceptable. I'm going to need 1,000 easy a thousand minimum today on the podcast. Super chats are open. Thank you to Osaquee and thank you to Ali for the bombs already tonight. Memberships are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Go and get your brand new exclusive, and I mean limited exclusive. It's a limited time release. The legend of JD from NY. I pinned it in the live stream chat at the very top. There is only a hundred in production. We've already sold through one fourth of the t-shirts so far. We're nearing at least half of the t-shirts gone. And that is in a day and a half. You're going to have to get it, man. Otherwise, they're gone. I have been told there is only 100 of these things being printed. And after that, it's gone. So make sure you guys go get that. I I got mine. Mine's already ordered. So make sure you guys go and check that shit out. Link is in the live stream chat pinned at the very top. I'll mention it again at the end of the show. But thank you guys for supporting the t-shirts and the limited time release. Celebrating the release of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which came out today on the Nintendo Switch. I tried to buy it in Manhattan today and forget about it, man. It's like a fucking zoo. Didn't happen. I ordered mine off of uh, Amazon. I'll wait. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Z-Biotics. I'm going to have to get into why you guys need to check out Z-Biotics. Right now, man, they are sponsoring the show tonight right here on Off The Scripts. Give them a little bit of your time, and then we will get into the SmackDown Post Show right here on Off The Script. Guys, you know me very, very well. I love my nights out, and I love my adult cold beverages. But let's be real. Every time we go out and we have a few too many We don't bounce back the same way that we used to when we were younger. It's either have a great night out or have a great next day without all the headache. That is until I found Z-Biotics, today's sponsor, right here on Off The Script. Drinking alcohol produces a toxin called acetaldehyde. It's this toxin, not just dehydration, that causes the worst morning after effects of drinking. Using genetic engineering, we built a probiotic that breaks down acetaldehyde. We started with a natural probiotic bacteria found in a Japanese superfood called natto. Then we altered its DNA so that it produces an enzyme that breaks down acetaldehyde. This is similar to what your liver does, but our probiotic does it better. After spending a year building a prototype, we put it into a drink with this hypothesis. Before drinking alcohol, you drink our probiotic, and it works in your gut throughout the day and night, breaking down acetaldehyde and setting you up for a great next morning. Learn more at zbiotics.com.
Z-Biotics. It's a pre-alcohol probiotic, and it's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. It's very simple, guys. The way it works is when you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not the dehydration. That's to blame for your rough next day. Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down, and it's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut, where you need it most. You know, the first time I actually used Z-Biotics was during the holiday season last year, and I knew I was going to be drinking a lot with family and celebrating the Christmas season. So I took a Z-Biotics before we actually went out, and I was actually surprised at how it worked the next day. I had the gym the next day. I had to get up and go to the gym, and I'm like, I don't want to miss my gym session. I don't want to call Genius up and tell him, listen, bro, I can't come in. I had a few too many. But I took a Z-Biotics, I drank responsibly, I woke up the next morning, and I was ready to go for the gym no matter what I drank the night before. So it does work, and I am a testament to that. And normally when I go out and I do my thing and I know it's going to be a long night, I always pack at least one Z-Biotics with me to get the job done. I want you guys to give Z-Biotics a try, man. Go give it a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com slash script. And get 15% off your first order when you use scripts at checkout. Zbiotics is also backed with a 100% money-back guarantee. So if you are unsatisfied for any reason whatsoever, they will refund you your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash scripts and use code SCRIPT at checkout for 15% off. And I want to thank Zbiotics for sponsoring this podcast right here on Off The Script. SmackDown started off tonight with AJ Styles, Edge, and Rey Mysterio. I'm surprised this match got as much time as it did tonight in the open. And I thought it was a very good TV match. A little clunky at times. Some miscommunication on Edge's behalf. Some miscommunication on... AJ Styles' behalf. But in the end, I thought they had a very good TV match. And the outcome could have went either way with Edge or AJ Styles. I didn't really give Rey Mysterio any chance to win this match and go on to the finals and then on to Night of Champions. Now, Edge cut this promo on social media. It was actually on Twitter. It was like a a two-minute, three-minute clip of him saying, you know, we got people in the company that want to finish their story. I need to finish my story. You know, my story's about to end, you know. There's not much left in the tank. And it's going to come to an end sooner rather than later. He got everybody kind of talking about, well, is he going to go on and win this match? Is he going to go on and wrestle Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship? Is he going to go on and win the World Heavyweight Championship? I love what Edge did on social media because it actually did cast doubt over what was going to happen in this match even more so. So I take it as Edge just being a master tactician and kind of taking something where a lot of people wanted Styles to win and he kind of cast a shadow of doubt over everybody and made people think, well, I know AJ's the better match with Seth Rollins, right? 
But if Edge is coming out here cutting promos like this, man, I want to see Edge and Seth Rollins and their story going into Night of Champions. So you could have really gone either way with Edge or Seth Rollins. Now, the thing is, AJ Styles won the match. There's a little a little spoiler of sorts. Now, I don't know if this is legit or not, and I want to go over it with you guys because some of you might not know what happened on social media. Earlier today, you've been hearing a lot about this Boozer wrestling insider account on Twitter. It's at Boozer, B-O-O-Z-E-R, wrestling, R-A-S-S-L-I-N. This is some insider account on Twitter. He's got his Twitter privated He only accepts people that uh, he might, you know, I don't know if he has a trust issue. I don't know if he's somebody that doesn't want people to know. Obviously, doesn't want people to know who he is, but he's really keeping his identity and his Twitter profile under wraps here. He had some scoops before Friday Night SmackDown tonight, and he's been incredibly accurate with basically everything. It makes me wonder who the fuck this guy is. Boozer stated that Grayson Waller will invite the world heavyweight champion as his first guest on the Grayson Waller Effect talk show. Now, presumably, the invite was issued before the show. He said the invite will be issued on SmackDown. Then we got the announcement on the show tonight. Grayson Waller, let me see if it's in my notes. I want to see if that was exactly what happened here with Grayson Waller because I know he was on the show so we got, I'm trying to find it. Give me one second in my notes here. Grayson Waller was on the show tonight and he was in a backstage segment with Adam Pierce. Uh, Adam Pierce was shown on the phone backstage. He was interrupted by Grayson Waller. He said the winner of the Stars Lashley match should appear on the Grayson Waller effect next week. Pierce obliged. So we went back to the ring, and then we got ready for the next segment. That's what I have in my uh, in my notes. So clearly, Boozer, Boozer reported that the world's heavyweight champion would be the first guest on the Grayson Waller effect, and then we got them obviously changing the narrative here. So a lot of people were actually under the impression that AJ Styles was going to win the world heavyweight championship even before SmackDown aired, and we got tonight a champion. So I'm glad that's not the case because if he would invite the World Heavyweight Champion on SmackDown, then it would not make any sense whatsoever. If if he said that, why would he give, or why would WWE give away the outcome of the fucking match? Because obviously it would have to be a SmackDown guy winning the title because Grayson Waller is on SmackDown. He's not on Raw. You can't have Seth Rollins win the World Heavyweight Championship and then show up on the Grayson Waller effect on SmackDown because he is a Monday Night Raw superstar. You can't have the world title on SmackDown because it's a a Monday Night Raw exclusive world title. It's exclusive to Monday Night. So I don't know where he got that news from. None of that would have made any sense. None of that would have made any sense. So they did say tonight that the winner of the Styles-Lashley match, which was Styles, he's going on to Night of Champions, he would appear on the Grayson Waller effect next week. So that's that. Now, why Grayson Waller? Well, Grayson Waller and AJ Styles actually had a little bit of a thing in NXT. You probably wouldn't know that because nobody watches NXT, and it probably flew right under your uh, under your nose. Grayson Waller and AJ Styles did have a little bit of a feud 
on NXT Tuesday night. So it looks like that they may rekindle that in some way on the main roster. And that's a that's a big, a big test for Grayson Waller right out of the gate on Friday night to be thrown into a feud, presumably against AJ Styles, instead of building him up. So that goes to show you how much trust Triple H has in somebody like Grayson Waller that they're putting him in a potential feud, maybe, against AJ Styles. So that's pretty cool there. And Grayson Waller is going to wow you, man. Grayson Waller is going to be somebody that I think a lot of fans are going to really take a liking to. As soon as you see him in the ring and see him work, uh, I think it's going to really be uh, it's going to really be a good time for the fans watching the show. So that's what happened there. Okay, so Grayson Waller is going to interview AJ Styles next week on the Grayson Waller Effect, his little uh, his little talk show there on SmackDown. The match itself was very good for a triple threat match. Uh, Mysterio and Styles tried to team up on Edge right out of the gate. Edge came back with some shots to both guys. There was a series of three-person team moves. Uh, that didn't really work all that great. Edge landed a reverse DDT on Styles. Styles eventually regained control with a forearm, tilt-a-whirl, backbreaker to Mysterio. Then Mysterio took turns to take control. He went for a splash on Edge, who caught Mysterio for a fallaway slam. Edge went for a spear, but Styles and Mysterio caught Edge with a double boot. Mysterio then landed a Canadian destroyer on Edge. Uh, that was a near fall. Edge and Mysterio on the outside. Styles took both out. With a dive over the top rope, or uh, no, it wasn't a dive. It was a uh, uh, hesitation dropkick, one of the missile dropkicks through the ropes. Styles had Mysterio lifted up on the apron, and Mysterio fought out of it. Edge came through the middle rope and speared both of them to the floor, which was ridiculous looking. It actually got a holy shit chant from Knoxville, Tennessee. Mysterio and Edge rolled into the ring, and Mysterio got a two-count. Edge got up and stomped on Mysterio before Styles threw Edge to the outside. So then we see Styles working a calf crusher on Mysterio, and Edge, at the same time, gets a crossface on Mysterio. So the spot ended with uh, a couple of headbutts between Styles and Edge. Styles and Edge then traded blows back and forth. Mysterio set up both guys for 619, but Mysterio ran into a double drop kick from AJ and Edge. And then they double-closed-lined each other. Everybody was down. Edge then gets up. He ran Styles into the middle turnbuckle. He went for the top. And Mysterio cut him off. So he's perched up on the top rope. Styles broke it up with a power bomb on Mysterio for a two-count. Styles then went for Edge. And Styles was joined by Mysterio. There was a triple-team or three-man sunset flip on Styles who superplexed Edge off the top rope for a nice little two-count. Mysterio tried to go for the 619 again, and Styles cut Mysterio off. Mysterio went for another 619 after fighting out of that, and Edge countered into an educator on Rey Mysterio. Edge did the same thing to Styles. He was looking to end the match. He had his eyes on everybody, but Styles made it to the ropes for a rope break. Mysterio then came back with another 619 attempt on Edge. Mysterio went for something uh, as far as offense. But there was a little miscommunication. I don't know what happened here, but Styles went for a phenomenal forearm on Edge, and he actually hit it and pinned Edge for the one, two, three. AJ Styles is going on to the finals of the SmackDown side of the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. 
he will wrestle the winner of Bobby Lashley, Sheamus, and Austin Theory in the finals of tonight's SmackDown. Like I said, it was a very good TV match. I thought all three guys worked well together outside of a couple of spots. There was some miscommunication here, some miscommunication there. It wasn't the end of the world. But I thought what they did was very good. They were given more than enough time to get their their shit in and get their story across. And it makes me wonder what's going on with Edge. Is this going to set Edge up for some storyline where he is obsessed with winning the world championship? I wonder what they're going to do with Edge. Honestly, I don't know how long he has in the WWE I don't know what is going to be his ending or his chapter, the chapter closing on his career. I don't know. I don't know. We've seen the Edge and Roman deal. We've seen that again. You know, how many times do we need to go and do the same thing over and over again? I don't really find that to be interesting. We've been there, done that. What does he go after? The United States Championship in Austin Theory? I mean, Edge is really in the middle of... A lot of uncertainty. What do you do with him? Who do you feud him against? Do you put him against one of the younger talents on SmackDown? Use him to get somebody else over. I I don't know. I don't know. He could have easily won this match. WWE went with AJ Styles. I can't really fault them for that. To me, on paper, AJ and Seth Rollins is the better wrestling match. So clearly Triple H wants the best wrestling match possible, and he feels that the best wrestling match possible is AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. Everybody's like, oh my God, Seth Rollins is so great. Oh my God, AJ Styles is so great. Now they're in the same match together and they're fighting for the second biggest prize in the WWE, second place, and it's going to be a tremendous match. I think a lot of people, if you polled many people about who would you want in this match, I think I think the majority of the people would want AJ Styles and Seth Rollins instead of Edge and, and Seth Rollins. So we will see what happens. I'm going with Seth. I'm going with Seth. I'm glad this Boozer wrestling was wrong. This was one of the few times that he was actually wrong. But uh, we will see what happens. Maybe Grayson Waller is going to make a mark on what happens here. Maybe something happens next week to a point where Grayson Waller goes to Saudi Arabia and screws over AJ Styles. And that's how their program starts. I, I have no idea what they got planned. None. But I'm going with Seth Rollins to win the world championship. They need to keep it as fundamental as possible. You have a raw guy in this tournament like Seth Rollins. He should absolutely take the title back to his own brand. I do not want them toying with the idea of the title going to SmackDown, putting the title on AJ, then moving him to Raw. There's a lot of of confusion that comes along with that. I've seen some people saying, well, AJ could win the title and then they could trade him to Monday Night Raw straight up for Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes can go to SmackDown. No, I'm sorry. Cody Rhodes can get to SmackDown by winning Money in the Bank. We don't need AJ to win an exclusive title only to be drafted or traded or transferred over to Monday Night Raw. Why don't you just have a Monday Night Raw guy win it? It's bad enough that SmackDown's in the fucking tournament anyway. They shouldn't even be allowed to, to, to compete in the tournament. It made no sense for them to be in the tournament. We've got six guys from SmackDown competing in a tournament for a title that's exclusive to Monday Night Raw. Why are you going to go and convolute all of this situation even further by having a SmackDown guy win the world championship? No. Seth Rollins is the world champion. That is it. Stick to the plan. 
Have him take the title back over there and do what you got to do with him and build up a nice program with him and whomever going into SummerSlam. He deserves it. It's not like he doesn't deserve it. It's not like we're talking about somebody that is, you know, going to cast this uncertainty over the entire community. No, it's Seth fucking Rollins. He's done more than his fair share of proving to you, to me, to everybody that he deserves the world championship. It's a simple decision. It's nothing that needs to be thought about and, you know, it's nothing that you got to sit on or let me sleep on it. No, no. This is something that you make instantly as a decision in the creative meeting. Seth Rollins. Who do we have go? Seth Rollins. Before I even finish the sentence, Seth Rollins. It just makes the most sense. It's the best wrestling match that you could get out of, out of everybody here. WWE is going to go and do it. It should be a banger on May 27th. We went right into the next triple threat match. Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory, and Sheamus for the right to wrestle AJ Styles in the main event of tonight's SmackDown. Now, I didn't like Austin Theory being in this. I didn't. Austin Theory is the United States champion. Austin Theory could have done anything else. I don't know why we needed the United States champion to be in a tournament, not really a tournament, a tournament for the World Heavyweight Championship. If that's the case, I said this, why don't we have Gunther showing up in the tournament on Monday Night Raw? I mean, if there's a champion in the company that deserves it, right? It'd be Gunther, but obviously they're not going to go and do that because Gunther right now is untouchable. Austin Theory should be looked at as the same way because he's the United States champion and you don't really want your champions losing as United States champion in a match that doesn't really concern the United States championship. Bobby Lashley, he's the type of guy that WWE right now doesn't know what the fuck they're doing with. One week, we got the heart business coming back. The next week, we got a tease that it's really going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it just goes away. Completely erased from everybody's memory, man. Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, MVP, everything that we saw possibly leading up to the reformation of one of the more popular groups of the last few years, WWE did away with it. Or I should say Vince McMahon did away with it. Because you know Vince McMahon canceled those plans. Otherwise, they would still be on TV and we would have already had the Hurt Business back on TV. Bobby Lashley right now, and I've said this, and it's no disrespect to Bobby Lashley whatsoever, but he got fucked with the Bray Wyatt situation going into WrestleMania. WWE gave him a petty win over, a pity win I should say, a pity win over everybody in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. They haven't known uh, anything about what to do with him going into Backlash. They put him in a feud with Austin Theory again. They put him in a little thing with Bronson Reed. That was for a little bit because Bronson Reed got drafted over to SmackDown. But at the end of it all, to sum up everything I'm just telling you, for the last few months, Bobby Lashley has been the guy to put over others in the WWE. He's been used to help get Bronson Reed over. He's been helped to use, uh, or he's been used to help get Austin Theory over. So it's Bobby Lashley being used to help get everybody else where they need to be. Now, you could like that or not. I'm not really the biggest Bobby Lashley guy. I honestly don't care what they do with Bobby Lashley. Does Bobby Lashley deserve this mediocre fucking middle of the road uncertainty? No. 
He's better than that. And I honestly believe he didn't deserve what happened to him going into WrestleMania. It wasn't Triple H's idea to feud him with fucking Bray Wyatt. It was Vince McMahon's idea. So then he got fucked, and they haven't known what to do with him ever since. But he's the type of guy, he is a superstar guy that's being used as a big-time superstar enhancement talent. He's being used to get everybody else over. That is his role right now. He won this match. Great. We'll give him a little piece of the fucking pizza pie. And he goes to the finals with AJ tonight and he loses. He wins a match and then he loses and helps AJ get to where he needs to be in Saudi Arabia. And Bobby Lashley is uh, never the fucking prom queen, always second place. It's basically what they got him doing. I thought this was a better triple threat match than the first one with Edge, AJ Styles, and Rey Mysterio. Now, I would have had Sheamus win this match. That would be the, basically the same thing what they're doing with Bobby Lashley, but with Sheamus. But I thought Sheamus and AJ Styles probably would have been a better match in the main event of tonight's show. But it really didn't matter who was in the main event. It was always going to be AJ going on to Night of Champions. This was a better match to me. I thought this was a lot better of a constructed match. Uh, I thought everybody worked very well here. The only thing I didn't like about this was that Austin Theory actually took the pin from Bobby Lashley in this match. I did not like that. I did not like that whatsoever. There is no way under any circumstances that you should have a United States champion or any champion lose in a non-title situation. That is a very Vince McMahon thing to do. Triple H does not beat his world champions in a non-title match. Rarely. And I mean rarely. Like a 0.001% rarity on Triple H doing that. Didn't like it. Austin Theory went outside after the bell rang because that's what he does. He's a heel. Lashley and Sheamus chased him. They beat up on him a little bit, threw him back in the ring. Lashley clotheslined Theory to the outside and worked over Sheamus. Sheamus comes back and landed a big slam on Lashley. Lashley kicks out at a one. Sheamus then went for the 10 beats on Bobby. Theory broke it up. And then he became the victim of the 10 beats. Of course he did. Lashley was back in control over Austin Theory. They were on the outside. Lashley ran Theory into the ring post and returned to the ring, and he stared down Sheamus. Lashley and Sheamus brawled. Sheamus went to the top rope and went for an elbow. Lashley caught him and threw him before going for a hurt lock. So we had an overhead belly-to-belly toss. He went for the hurt lock, and Theory broke up the attempt with a drop kick right to Bobby Lashley's face. Theory then hits a nice-looking blockbuster on Bobby Lashley. He goes for a two-count, and Theory is in control here. He's going to work on Sheamus, clothesline Lashley over the top rope, which took him out of the match for a little bit. Uh, Theory ran him into the ring steps to uh, to, uh, get some added measure on that, and Theory went for a rolling DDT. Sheamus countered with an Irish curse backbreaker. Sheamus hits a series of clotheslines on Theory, Hits a middle rope white noise on Theory for a two count. Sheamus then lifted Theory. Theory rolled through and he goes for a quick two count off of a flash pin. Sheamus came right back. Big knee right to Theory's face. Sheamus was going for the bro kick. He was about to bro kick Austin Theory. And Lashley comes out of nowhere from the outside and speared Sheamus. Theory gets up, he threw Lashley into the ring post, he tried to get a flash cover on Sheamus for a two-count and steal a victory, it did not work. 
Theory went for eight town down. Lashley was bleeding. I don't know where he came up bleeding from. It might have been going into the ring steps, but he came up busted open here. Sheamus broke up a cover or a hurt lock attempt, rather. He broke up a hurt lock on Theory with a broke kick. Lashley threw Sheamus out of the ring, and he covered Theory after Sheamus hit the bro kick. One, two, three. So Bobby Lashley uh, wins off of a bro kick to Austin Theory. Sheamus got chucked from the ring, and Bobby Lashley basically seized the victory here on SmackDown. He goes to the finals. He wrestles AJ Styles in the main event of SmackDown tonight to see who goes on to wrestle all, uh, to wrestle Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. I would have had Austin Theory or Sheamus win this match. Now, I don't want, I wouldn't have had Austin Theory in the fucking tournament to begin with, but if I had to choose one or the other, probably would have been Sheamus, but Austin Theory would have been a great match against AJ Styles as well. Either way, he was going to lose. But Bobby Lashley is the guy. Bobby Lashley went on to wrestle AJ in the main event. And like I said, Bobby Lashley is being used as a superstar enhancement talent here on Friday night. Like I said, prom queen, but never the, or actually uh, never the prom queen, always second place is Bobby Lashley. Adam Pierce. He was interrupted backstage by Grayson Waller. And he said the winner of Styles and Lashley should appear on his Grayson Waller effect next week. Pierce said, you know what? That's a good idea. I got that happening next week. So Grayson Waller is going to have his first in-ring segment on Friday night next week. And I think you guys are going to enjoy what Grayson Waller brings to the table. Cameron Grimes. Tonight, SmackDown is going to the moon. I love me some Cameron Grimes, man. He is, he is awesome. Very happy that he's on Friday Night SmackDown. SmackDown's got one hell of a United States title division. They really got some young guys over there, man, that are going to be very, very good uh, for that United States Championship. Grayson Waller's in that. Austin Theory, obviously, is the champion. Cameron Grimes, L.A. Knight. Not really a youngster is L.A. Knight, but he's fucking great. They got some solid guys over there, man. They got Pete Dunne over there. So we could see that United States Championship competition heat up. Looking forward to it. I was actually looking forward to this match. Because Cameron Grimes is great. And Baron Corbin, whether you like Baron Corbin or not, Baron Corbin's not terrible in the ring. He just needs to tie everything together. Now, I don't know what they're doing with Baron Corbin, and I don't really know why we got this match the way that it ended up. I was actually quite disappointed that we didn't get any of Cameron Grimes tonight because I really want you guys to see what Cameron Grimes is all about. Now, there's a reason why. I'm going to tell you why I think this match went only, what what was it? Five seconds? Six seconds? Six seconds. He won with his finishing move, the cave-in, and that was it, which is basically a, uh, a double foot stomp. You know, he jumps in the air, and he does this, this one big double foot stomp down to you, and he caves your chest in. It's a great finishing move. It looks fucking great. Baron Corbin took it beautifully tonight. 
Now, I put this on social media. I didn't really like the way that this match ended up. I would have much rather seen Cameron Grimes give us a little bit of a, a taste of what he's capable of. And then I remembered, you know, Cameron Grimes, it wasn't really his debut match, but I believe his first NXT match that was not in the breakout tournament. He debuted realistically on NXT Black and Gold during a breakout tournament. I believe it was the first ever breakout tournament, NXT breakout tournament. Now, that's where he wrestled, I believe, Shane Strickland when he was on NXT or uh, Swerve Strickland now on AEW. But his first legitimate match on NXT was against the name of Sean Maluda. Now, you guys might not know who Sean Maluda is. Sean Maluda was a uh, entrant in the Cruiserweight Classic. I, I believe he is, I don't know if he's a part of the Anna Whitey family, but I do believe he is Samoan. He beat Sean Maluda in about the same time. Six seconds, seven seconds with a cave-in, one, two, three. It was basically the same way that they did his NXT debut, quote-unquote, against Sean Maluda. That's what they did here tonight against Baron Corbin. Now, is this an effective way to debut somebody on the main roster? I could see why WWE did it. You know, a big flash victory like this in six seconds over a notable name, You might not like him, you might not care for him, but Baron Corbin's got seniority on this show and in the company, he's been there for a long time. So, you know, Baron Corbin, even though he's been treated like a loser on TV, he's got some sort of mainstay on the main roster. Six seconds, seven seconds against somebody that is a main roster mainstay. You know, to the casual fan, it might look like an impressive victory. For the fans in Knoxville, Tennessee, You know, seven seconds over somebody like Baron Corbin, that's exciting to them. Some people would prefer something like that instead of getting a 10-minute match, which we know these two guys can do very well. Who wants to sit through a 10-minute Cameron Grimes match with Baron Corbin when you could do seven seconds and him get a flash victory with his finishing move? One, two, three. So it's it's like he played a video game and he already had his finishing move already ready to go. And his finisher bar already at full, max. And he just unleashed it. One, two, three. It's like he had a cheat code tonight. I don't know what they're doing. He's not an Anawai. Okay. But he is Samoan, I believe. And I know he did wrestle for AEW as well. Not really much, but he was over there. Sean Maluda. Now, Baron Corbin, on the flip side with Baron Corbin, I don't know what they're doing with Baron Corbin. I don't. Baron Corbin's been losing. He's been the the joke of the WWE division. He's not even drafted to a fucking brand. They didn't even draft him to, to Raw or SmackDown. He's a free agent. Now, I don't know what that means. From the outside looking in, it's as if Raw or SmackDown did not want Baron Corbin and they deem him useless, that he's a free agent. But he could show up on any show. Whenever there is work, there you go. He's like, uh, he's like a panhandler. He's like a bum. I don't know what they're doing with Baron Corbin, but what I hope they do with Baron Corbin is they give him some sort of edge back. Because right now he looks pathetic. They got him out there wearing that fucking, that, he's still basically, I don't know what he is. What is he? He's got the same getup he was wearing with JBL, but he's trying to act tough. He's got the same outfit that he's got on when he was with JBL, but he's trying to act like he, his, his old character. It's like there's this, this rift 
between Baron Corbin and there's two Baron Corbins pulling at each other. The shitty Baron Corbin that we don't want and there's potential there to, to break out and give us the Baron Corbin that we want. Now, if we get the Baron Corbin that we want, are we going to care about Baron Corbin? I don't know, but I hope that they at least try to get him on the right track. How many people in this chat, I'm very curious, how many people in this chat would be interested in Baron Corbin going back to the Lone Wolf? I know I would. The Lone Wolf was Baron Corbin's best work. I thought everything about the Lone Wolf was fucking great, minus the hair. Clearly, he's not going to get the hair back. But Baron Corbin, man, I remember when they treated him as a big deal in NXT. He went in and he, he, he won matches, man. It was almost like he was trying to set Guinness World Records on how quick he could beat guys on NXT. I remember it was like it, like it was yesterday. Does everybody remember the fucking entrance that WWE gave Baron Corbin? I thought it was great. The lone wolf, he came out, especially during the 2016 era of SmackDown, which I loved, man. Baron Corbin was fucking great. Remember when he walked down and WWE had the big Titantron and then the LED ramp and you'd see this black fucking cloud with the cities just kind of, you know, being engulfed by this black cloud when he walked. And it was like, it was like when he walked, it was perfectly in sync with the way he walked. I mean, they did. So great with the presentation of Baron Corbin. And then they fucked it all up. They made him King Corbin. I mean, he was a joke. He was like a lackey to Braun Strowman and Dolph Ziggler. He was teaming with these losers. Vince McMahon fucked it all up. They really took his edge away from him. Now, I don't know where this is all leading, Does he have to fucking lose and lose and lose and lose to go down into this fucking pit of despair to ultimately come back as the lone wolf because he realizes that nobody is with him, nobody is for him, everybody's against him? Is this what they're doing? Because the way that they're presenting him, I don't see it. I really don't. They castrated this fucking guy. Now, I'm I'm not the biggest Corbin guy, but I was a fan of Baron Corbin when he did that. That was the best presentation that they've ever had for him. Is he a world champion? Probably not. Just from my point of view. Could he be a solid secondary title guy? Absolutely. He's a great promo. He's not bad in the ring. In some sense, Baron Corbin's got some of the best offensive moves in the WWE. I think he's got the best finisher in all of WWE. I do. I've always been very high on the end of days. He's got some pretty looking offense when he wants to get in there and actually, or when they want him to get in there and actually wrestle. It's not all fucking dark clouds and fucking let me shit on Baron Corbin every week, man. I, listen, again, I'm not the biggest fan of about how he handled himself and in, in certain situations when it came to me. I know he zinged me online a couple of times, but that doesn't mean I want to see the guy fucking buried. There's potential there. But I don't really see what the fuck they're doing to bring it out of him by treating him like this. I don't know. Let's start making strides to get that lone wolf back. Seriously. I don't want to make it sound like let's let's try and create sympathy for Baron Corbin. But the things that I said, man, they're basic enough, they're simple enough that you guys can understand. He's not terrible. He's not. It's the way he's been booked. That's the fucking problem I have. 
with half of this fucking roster, not just Baron Corbin. It's the way that they book these guys. Switch it up. And his offense is great. The deep six is great. That little boss man thing that he does around the ropes with the clothesline, great. The end of days is a great finishing move, man. It was basically on level of an RKO. That's how devastating it was. When people were nailed with that move, it's over. It is over. I don't know what they're doing with him, man. I really don't. He, he's got potential. He does. Don't say that he doesn't because it's not fair to him. The creative has fucked him over more times than not. Roman Reigns. Finally back on WWE TV. Finally. Finally. What did he have to say? He had a lot to say about Jimmy and Jey Uso. I'll tell you that right now. Reigns is in the ring. He asked Knoxville to acknowledge him. Yes, Jesse and I always talk about that, man. The end of days to Becky Lynch was Baron Corbin's crowning achievement. That was fucking amazing. The shock and awe on that crowd when he did that, man. Oh, that was so fucking good. So good. Acknowledge me. Reigns said that what that's what greatness garners. It garners respect. He said every man, the ring, every man in the ring main evented both nights of WrestleMania. He says, they are the only ones that will ever main event both nights of WrestleMania. He said the success didn't stop there. He wasn't at Backlash, but someone else stepped up. He looked at Solo and said Solo stepped up. He walked over, stood next to Solo. He says there was a little concern when they first added Solo into the bloodline because when you get added, you get thrown into the deep end and you either sink or swim. He said if there's a problem, he handles it and he swam and he's now like a shark in the SmackDown seas. He swam like a shark. He said Solo handled Matt Riddle. The Matt Riddle problem was taken care of by Solo. Solo then muttered under his breath away from the microphone about Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Reigns laughed, saying that Solo was so good, he's still thinking about Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They ain't a problem anymore. The crowd started chanting, Sami, Sami. Reigns smiled and shook his head and told him not to worry about KO and Sami Zayn. He assured Solo that they're not the problem, but there is an actual problem. The problem is your brothers, Jimmy and Jay. Crowd ood and odd. So they cut to the Usos and their demeanor completely changed when Roman Reigns said that he was targeting both of them. Reigns walked over to both and he circled them and asked them, if they thought they could lose at WrestleMania and avoid talking about it. What would what, you think? I went home and I forgot about what happened at WrestleMania. He said they lost. They dedicated a match to him and they lost. And then a rematch. And you guys still didn't win the tag team titles. He said dedicating a tag team victory to someone who's not even in a tag team. Now, I don't know why he said that because I don't think the Usos were really thinking about that. They didn't dedicate this match to Roman Reigns because 
Roman Reigns is not in a tag team or in a tag team. They dedicated this match to Roman Reigns because he is their tribal chief. I don't know where he got that from, but it all kind of made sense when Roman Reigns got to the end of this promo. You dedicated the match to me and I'm not even in a tag team. Well, he will be in a tag team come May 27th. So, Heyman showed the two singles titles in the background and Reigns said he disrespected the bloodline by dedicating a tag team match to him or the Usos. I don't know which Uso said they were dedicating the match, but he blamed one of them. Reigns said he tried to leave and take some time for himself and they ended up embarrassing him. You know better than this. Apologize. Jimmy then looked at Jay. They didn't know what the fuck was going on. Reigns asked why he was looking at Jay. He told him to apologize. He says he didn't want to hear anything except, I'm sorry, I apologize, my tribal chief. Jimmy started laughing. Jay was hanging his head down in embarrassment and looked at Jimmy like he was, you know, basically just laughing and not helping the situation at all. Reigns asked Jimmy, why are you laughing? Reigns poked Jimmy in the chest and told him to apologize. Am I here to make you smile again? Am I a clown again, huh? He shoved Jimmy in the face. Jimmy's smile was erased. Now he got angry. Reigns asked if he was going to do something. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He actually egged Jimmy Uso on to hit him. Heyman... I started laughing at Heyman. Heyman, at this point, he had the two world titles over his shoulders, and he started he started leaving the ring because he knew tensions were running high here with all members of the Anawaii family. Jay stepped in between Reigns and Jimmy and said, we apologize, Oos. We apologize. And then he asked for one more shot to bring the championships back to the bloodline. Reigns says, you're right. The tag team championships are coming back to the bloodline. Wise men, fill them in. So Heyman gets back in the ring and he thanked Roman Reigns and then announced that the tribal chief is showing up tonight with a game plan already in mind. He said that the authority on SmackDown has given him and the bloodline the undisputed tag team title match at Night of Champions and it will be Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa, the Usos. They wanted the match. They were thinking that it was going to be them. And when Heyman announced Solo and Roman, they turned from possible glee and excitement to shock. And they were hanging their heads again in embarrassment. Reigns says he and Solo will represent the bloodline at Night of Champions and dedicated their victory to the greatest tag team of all time, Afa and Sika, the Wild Samoans. So, we all knew Reigns was going to wrestle at Night of Champions. I don't think anybody kind of guessed the manner in which we got tonight. In a tag team capacity, I don't think anybody kind of predicted the bloodline with Roman and Solo going after the tag team titles happening at Night of Champions. But this is a story that is going to further the dissension of the bloodline. It's not even about the tag team titles at this point. It's not. 
They're only in a tag team title match because it's Night of Champions. If Roman didn't have to be there, I don't even think he'd be at the fucking event, to be honest with you. They only, cha- they only changed this event from King of the Ring to Night of Champions to appease Roman Reigns and have him wrestle on the 1,000th day of his Universal Championship reign. That's it. Now, the question is, is WWE foolish enough to give Roman four titles? Now, we can joke all we want that Vince McMahon is not allowed to give Roman the world championship over on Monday Night Raw, and we all know that Vince would probably end up doing that if he had his way. But Roman is not allowed to challenge for that championship, so Vince went above Triple H and said, well, if my guy can't have that title... I'm going to really make it look second best, and I'm going to give Roman not three titles, but four titles. Roman four belts, or Roman foreplay, if you're Issa in the chat. I don't know. I'm sure she wouldn't mind that. Um, Roman four belts. Roman four belts. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. This is not about the tag team titles. The only reason why the tag team titles are on the line here is because Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, you know, this is the silliness of it. They have a pay-per-view, a gimmick pay-per-view. That's exactly what it is, a gimmick pay-per-view. And all the championships got to be on the line. Now they're forced to be out there, and they're forced to defend their tag team titles, and they don't really have any other opponents lined up for Roman or any other opponents lined up for Sami Zayn. And Kevin Owens. So what are you going to do? This is basically WWE with their backs against the wall. They don't have anybody for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. They don't have anybody for Roman. Why don't we just put them in a match together? It's exactly what they did. It's exactly what they did. Now, my question is, this is the first. This is the first event that you're going to have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for in Saudi Arabia. I don't think they've, either one of them, I don't think either one of them have made a Saudi event yet in three years. Do you fly them out to Saudi Arabia to defend these titles and then in their first Saudi Arabian show have them lose? It's kind of a fucked up thing to, to, to do, no? It's kind of fucked up. So I say, we are going to have Sammy and KO win. Roman... Obviously, a thousand days, nothing's going to happen to his universal title reign. A thousand days, he's competed for a championship. The predictability or unpredictability, the way you see it, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I feel like it's a little bit more unpredictable than predictable. I think Solo ends up taking the pinfall. And I honestly think that Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso are the ones to kind of fuck the bloodline over here. Because if they can't have the tag team titles, then Roman and Solo are not going to get the tag team titles. I don't think Roman and Solo are winning. I think that would be a big, big, big mistake. I do. I really do. But stranger things have happened. Some of you guys in the chat want Roman four belts. I have no idea why you would want Roman four belts. Why would you want that? But this is WWE basically with their backs against the wall. They got nobody for Roman. They got nobody for Sammy and KO. And they're putting both of these non-entities right now in the same match together. But it's not about the titles. It's about the dissension with the Usos. We got one more show until the pay-per-view. And we're going to get that dissension being built. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. 
So we'll see what happens on May 27th. Two weeks, rather, right? Two, two, more, two more shows to go. There's plenty of story to tell here. So we don't know what's going to happen with the Usos and where they're going to sit and what their emotions are. I feel like it's going to be the Usos costing Reigns and Solo the tag team titles. Obviously, we're not going to get Roman Reigns pinned, but more than likely Solo. He's been protected enough to a point where a interference pinfall is not going to bury Solo Sokoa in the eyes of the fans. Caleb Braxton. She reacted to the news of this tag team match and then shifted her interview to the damage control. Bailey scolded Kayla for talking about Roman during her interview time. She said that she and Roman share a lot in common, including being strong leaders, even when things don't go as planned. She put the blame on herself for pushing EO too hard before she was ready. EO was not ready, huh? She pushed EO well before she was ready, huh? I don't know if I'm EO, if I'm taking that uh, with uh, a smile on my face. She said she and Dakota Kai will win back the tag team titles tonight. And she told Kayla to go tell Roman that SmackDown belongs to Damage Control. The Usos. They were walking backstage and they started to pick a fight for no reason with uh, the LWO. This was Legato, Del Fantasma, and Rey Mysterio backstage. Uh, Zelina Vega was there as well. Santos Escobar came in laughing and said it's not their problem that their tribal chief doesn't love them anymore. Jay wanted to fight right there, but Jimmy pulled him away, and we got an LWO versus Usos match next week on SmackDown. That should be great. Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar versus Jimmy and Jay Uso. Sign me up. Sign me up. Anything with Santos involved, sign me up. He's great. Liv Morgan and Raquel. <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez versus Bailey and Dakota Kai. EO Sky was on the outside. They gave these ladies nine minutes. If I watched eight minutes of it, I'd be lying to you. I maybe watched one minute, two minutes. I, I can't bring myself. To, I can't bring myself to fucking care. The, the best thing about this match was Liv Morgan's ring attire. That was it. That was it. I think the yellow and the black coordinating with Raquel Rodriguez looked great. They look like a tag team. They look and dress like a tag team. Great. Do I care? No. Do you want to know what I care about? Do you want to know what I care about? Why are we looking at a situation where the NXT tag team titles are on the main roster? That's what I want to know. Why? They can't go down to NXT to defend those titles anymore. They are SmackDown talent. So why are they holding the NXT women's tag team titles? I don't know why we haven't gotten an explanation as to what's going to happen. We don't even have enough tag teams for one set of titles. Now we have two sets of titles on the main roster. That is what the priority should be. What are we doing with the tag team titles? The best course of action here is whoever is the tag team champions coming out of this fucking nothing feud with Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Sonya Deville and uh, Chelsea Green. Whoever comes out of that, we need a unification match. We need to absorb 
these tag team titles that NXT has into the main roster tag team titles, and we only need one set of women's tag team titles. One. If it was up to me, I'd burn all four of the fucking titles, to be quite honest with you. I think they're absolutely worthless. But we do not need the NXT women's tag team title. There's no tag teams in NXT. Not one. You called all of them up. You broke up Toxic Attraction. Mandy Rose got fired. You called up Isla Dawn and, and, and Alba Fire. You called up Casey and Caden. Who else is there? Who else is there? Kiana James? And what's her face? I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. There's no... Fallon Henley is her name. Fallon Henley and Kiana James. Like, you, who, who? Who are they? I don't... You don't need to know. There's no tag teams in NXT. What the fuck are we doing? I pray to God. I really, really hope that we absorb these titles into the main roster tag team titles. We get one set of tag team titles. We get tag teams on all three shows that can hold those titles. You want those titles to be on Raw? They could be on Raw. You want those titles to be on SmackDown? They could be on SmackDown. You want those titles to be on NXT? Just to give that show a little boost, right? They could be on NXT. The women's titles have floated between brand to brand from day one. Why do we need two sets of tag team titles? Why are we looking at two sets of men's tag team titles? When the women have those rules, the men should have the same rules. We don't need two men's tag team titles. There is barely any teams that WWE will use regularly or with some consistency. There are barely any teams that WWE is going to use for one set of tag team titles. We don't need two sets of tag team titles. We don't need a Raw tag team division. We don't need a SmackDown tag team division. We need one tag team division. That's it. How much more organized would it be if you got the WWE tag team titles? They could show up on Raw. They could show up on SmackDown. The women's tag team championships. They could show up on Raw. They could show up on SmackDown. They could show up on NXT. Being that you're going to absorb the NXT tag team titles into the women's tag team titles on the main roster. One set of women's tag team titles, one set of men's tag team titles. Let's do the same thing for the women's singles titles. We only need one women's championship. And that could go back between Raw and SmackDown. Then we got the IC title on Raw exclusive to that. We got the United States title exclusive to SmackDown. We got the World Heavyweight title exclusive to Raw. Roman has the Universal Heavyweight Championship exclusive to SmackDown. There would be organization. Why am I doing their job better and I'm not being paid to do their job? If you want all these titles, then make a fucking division for these titles. They haven't done it. At least at this point, the way I laid it out for you, the draft would still be something that you could do and keep to both Raw and SmackDown. Again, maybe they should hire me as a creative coordinator. AEW's got one. Why not me? For Paul Levesque. I tell you, bro, I-95, from, from where I am to Stanford, Connecticut, bro, 
I could be there bright and early tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Just saying. Just saying. I'll even get Starbucks. What is uh what is Bruce like? What is Bruce like? He likes why? He want he wants the whole cabinet of blueberry muffins. Uh, listen, I'll get him whatever he wants, man. What type? He's a frappuccino in the morning type of guy. No why? I, I'm not surprised by that, man. Normal people drink, you know, actual coffee. A caramel macchiato, a nice cappuccino, maybe a triple shot in that. Extra foam for me, please. I love the foam. Half and half on mine, though. Bruce wants a fucking chocolate chip, mint chocolate chip frappuccino with extra whipped cream. Fucking slob. He wants, I'll get it for him, man. I'll get it for him, seriously. I'll be there bright and early with the fucking tray of coffee. Hey, guys, I'm here to work. Let's talk about business. Fucking ridiculous. I mean, give me a break. Am I wrong? Please, please tell me, tell me when I'm telling lies. Tell me. You can't. You can't. I only want the best here, man. I only want the best. Everything would be so snappy. Great. Isla Dawn and uh, Alba Fire were watching this shit backstage. Who cares? Who cares? I want to see them wrestle. They're backstage watching TV. You want to watch TV? Go home. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez win. This, the, the ending of this match was so fucking sloppy, man. It, it's like, I watched the ending happen, and I watched the ending transpire, and I'm like, I, I mean, I, it's, like, it's like everybody's working a fucking GCW show, man. Sloppy. Just really sloppy. So, Bailey was late making a save when Kai had Morgan covered. Now, Kai came off the top rope with a big double foot stomp. It looks like she tweaked her knee. Bailey came in because I think Dakota was legitimately hurt and she broke up the pin. So, EO was on the apron and Dakota had one of the titles. Referee saw her with one of the titles. EO had one of the titles. Sky was going to interview with the other tag team belt. Rodriguez started to yank it away from her. Liv then shoved Bailey into EO and then rolled her up for the three count. And Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez retain the tag team titles. And I, I, I guess now they defend those tag team titles against Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green. Great. Another women's tag team match that means absolutely nothing to anybody. Nobody gives a shit. Pretty deadly. Not a fan. Not a fan. They approached the brawling brutes. They had clipboards and they were saying they had some questions for Seamus, Butch, and Rich Holland. They threw out some insults and sarcastically told Seamus... Sorry for your loss. And they walked away. They made fun of uh, Butch. And they said Rich Holland probably needs his mother to make a decision. So, you know, basic kitty second grader jokes here by Pretty Deadly. Uh, you guys, I'm telling you right now, man. Grayson Waller, great. Cameron Grimes, great. Pretty Deadly, they're the other NXT act that got called up. They are more sports entertainment than they are... Uh, professional wrestlers. They're, they're very good in the ring. Don't get me wrong. Very, very comparable tag team. 
But the gimmick, you're going to find it to be more cringy than you care to admit. Telling you right now. So it looks like their first feud will be with Ridge Holland and Butch. <laughs> Pete Dunne. Still waiting on that. Seamus says, pretty deadly, huh? Yeah, we'll find out. Bianca Belair. She made her way to the ring, and there was a championship celebration. Because she's the longest reigning women's tag, uh, women's champion. Tag, we're going to say tag team. Women's champion of all time. Uh, Raw women's champion. They're really claiming that she's the longest reigning women's champion. She's held the Raw Women's Championship, the longest anybody has ever seen. But they refuse to call it the Raw Women's Championship. So she's in the ring, and we're about to get her to speak on the microphone. She's holding up her belt. All of a sudden, Asuka, Asuka is out there, and she's running down the aisle. So she interrupted, and she gets in the ring, and she's blowing kisses, and she's dancing around, Asuka. Asuka all of a sudden goes to shake Bianca's hand. And then Bianca, like a dumbass, because she's got to be nice to everybody, man. Bianca's got to be the professional to everybody. Meanwhile, all we want is the EST to come out, you know, the nasty, petty EST to come out. She goes to shake her hand, and Asuka mists her in the face. Bianca sold this like she had fucking acid spit at her from one of the fucking aliens in the Ridley Scott movie, man. This shit looked like it burned right through her fucking skin, man. You know the alien movies where they fucking spit the goo at you? It fucking disintegrate, disintegrates your suit and your fucking skin and your flesh? That's the way she, she sold this shit. Like it was fucking toxic acid in her eyes. Asuka danced around in celebration. She blew some kisses sarcastically to the audience. And then she skipped away and skipped to the back. So Bianca beats Io at Backlash. Great match. Great match. Probably the second best women's match of the entire year for WWE. She's got no opponent on SmackDown. She's holding the Raw women's championship on the blue brand. Don't know when we're going to get an explanation for that one. And WWE stacked SmackDown's women's roster so light that they have basically no fresh opponents for Bianca Belair over on SmackDown. Now, I'd rather Asuka versus Bianca than what we're getting on Raw with the SmackDown title and Natalia challenging Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Man, my God, man, you're putting me to sleep already. The match hasn't even fucking happened yet. Thank you for telling me which match I will miss at, at uh, Night of Champions, man. I'll find anything to do around the house. Uh, if nothing needs to be done, I'll find something to do. Why are we getting this match again? That's what I want to know. Why are we getting this match again? Asuka lost clean. Have we seen Asuka since WrestleMania? No. What gives Asuka the right to challenge for a championship match? She's done nothing. She hasn't even been on TV. The only reason why this match is happening is because WWE has to get Bianca Belair on the show 
to defend her title on a pay-per-view called Night of Champions where every championship in the company is on the line and there is no one else on the SmackDown side that is even worth it outside of Asuka. It's either Asuka or Charlotte Flair, and you know WWE is not going to blow through Charlotte Flair on SmackDown on a fucking Saudi show when they could easily build that for SummerSlam. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. The SmackDown side is so fucking light with women. I only know of Bianca, Charlotte, Asuka, Io, and Bailey. That's it. And Dakota. Raquel and Liv, I guess, could be over there because they're the SmackDown, they're the women's tag team champions. Who else is there? There is nobody else. WWE has basically no opponents for Bianca Belair. Can I find, can someone pull up a graph of the women's division on SmackDown? WWE, women's division. SmackDown. Let me see. I'm looking this up live right now. Hold on, let me see. This has got to be, this has got to be updated. No, this is the women's championship. SmackDown Women's Championship. Can someone find me? I don't know. I don't know if I could find this right now. Hold on. Why can't I find this, man? Motherfucker. SmackDown Women's Division. Hold on. Let me see. Hold on. No, we don't have... Wait, wait, there's nothing here. There's nothing... All these websites, nothing. WWE roster. SmackDown Raw NXT, April 2023. Let me see. SmackDown female wrestlers. Let me see. All right, we got... Hey, 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 this is what we got here. This is what we got here. We got... This is is Bianca's list of, uh, of women's wrestlers here. Listen to this. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn, right? Obviously, they're the tag team champion, NXT tag team champions. I mean, either one of them is a is a great single. They could be they could be a single. Oscar, Aaliyah, I think. B Fab, fuck out of here, B Fab. Bailey, Charlotte, Dakota, Isla Dawn, Eo Sky, Lacey Evans, Mia Yim. Scarlett Bordeaux, Shotzi, Tamina, and Zelina Vega. WWE clearly is not going to push 80% of this division. Asuka, maybe. Charlotte, definitely. Bailey, definitely. Bianca, definitely. Everybody else is a loser or a jobber. Zelina, jobber. They don't take her seriously. That Puerto Rico match with uh, Rhea was the highlight of her career. Highlight of her life. Zelina, nothing. Tamina, nothing. Shotzi, jobber. Scarlet, manager. Mia Yim, nothing. Not over. Lacey, unemployed. Io. Io's a great women's champion candidate. Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, tag team champions. They're not going to be doing anything single right now. Dakota Kai, not right now. Damage control. Charlotte, 
Bailey, B-Feb, Shit Row, Hit Row, Death Row. I don't know. Wherever the fuck they are, she ain't doing nothing. Aaliyah, no, this, this division sucks. This division sucks. How do you look at this division? How do you look at this division and then claim to me that WWE has a great division built around Bianca Belair? Nothing's happening there. Bianca is going to slay half of this division and then we're going to get fucking months and months and months of Charlotte Flair. You mean to tell me out of all these women, Charlotte Flair is not going to take back the women's championship? Of course she is. They did it with everybody before Bianca. They had Asuka undefeated. Who do you think ended that? Charlotte. Who do you think is going to main event the first WrestleMania? Charlotte. They're going to give Charlotte. The, The reason, the reason why they are claiming so many times, so emphatically on SmackDown, the longest reigning women's champion of all time. Who's going to break that record? Asuka? I'd love to see it. Ain't going to happen. EO, I'd love to see it even more so than Asuka. Not going to happen. Who's going to break the longest reigning women's championship reign of all time? I'll give you one guess. I'll give you one fucking guess. Her name is... I will be 18-time women's champion. It's exactly who's going to win the fucking title. They basically built this entire division to make it look weak so that when Charlotte comes in, it's so easy. Because who else are they going to give the fucking title to? Ridiculous. And then you mean to tell me that me asking to merge the divisions, that's not a good idea? Charlotte probably don't want that idea because then she won't stand out as much. They need to merge these titles. They need to merge these divisions and they need to get these titles one title. One. Shit is fucking lame. The only reason why this match is happening is because WWE has two weeks still pay-per-view and they need somebody to wrestle Bianca Belair so she could defend that Raw women's title. How about telling me what the fuck's going to happen with the Raw women's title on SmackDown? How about that? Or is Vince not allowing that to be explained on TV? Which is it? AJ Styles. One-on-one with Bobby Lashley. This was the main event. Winner of this would go on to Night of Champions and challenge for the World Heavyweights Championship. I did not like this match at all. I mean, it was fine, but again, you know, it was largely predictable. And both guys really, they slowed their pace down from earlier. They were both in really frantic and upbeat, high-octane matches earlier in the night, and they both slowed their pace down. Bobby Lashley looked like he got hurt. Styles already wrestled 17 or so minutes, 
And Bobby Lashley got busted open earlier in the night, and he got busted open again here, and he never even had an opportunity to make it to the finals. He never had a chance to make it to the finals. He, he went out there and bled two times tonight. Had a cut in the first match, it reopened in the second match, and then he gets to the finals and then loses. The match was fine, but, I mean, I don't know if this was the best finals that WWE could have given us coming out of SmackDown. I would have easily preferred a Theory or a Sheamus over a Bobby Lashley, but that's just me. But WWE wanted to go with Bobby Lashley because he's the biggest name out of the two. Bigger than Sheamus and bigger than Austin Theory. So that's why they went with him and Styles. So they're locked up and this was slow to start. Styles went for some chops. Lashley stopped him with some elbows and then a boot to the face. Lashley threw Styles over the top rope. They're on the outside. Lashley took Styles and threw him into the ring apron and then slammed him into the ring post with the typical Bobby Lashley ring post spot. Lashley was in control for a little bit. Styles quickly started to come back with a handful of kicks to Lashley's lower extremities. Lashley immediately got uh, got the upper hand here. Styles rolled Lashley into a calf crusher. Lashley, the bigger guy, worked out of it. Styles kept control with some right hands, a big DDT. He goes for recovery, gets a two count. Lashley's head was busted open once again off of the DDT. Styles quickly responded with some punches to the laceration. Styles lifted Lashley. Lashley counted into a suplex, which he barely got him up for a two count. Styles came back with a punch, and Lashley went for a hurt lock. He locked it in. Styles got to the ropes. They go to the outside. Lashley went to run Styles into the ring post again, but Styles counted and ran Lashley into the ring post. And Lashley was back in the ring as Styles rolled him back in. Styles teased a phenomenal forearm, but Lashley cut him off and lifted Styles up for a suplex. He fought out of it with a knee to the head. Uh, Lashley caught Styles with a running power slam for a close two count. Lashley then uh, leveraged for a spear. He went for a spear, and instead he hit the ring post. Styles moved out of the way. Styles landed a knee right to Lashley's head. He hit the phenomenal forearm. One, two, three, and AJ Styles wins. The finals on the SmackDown side. He's going to Night of Champions to wrestle Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. That was basically it. I mean, not really the most exciting match. In my opinion, I didn't think it was the best final that WWE could have given us tonight. I thought the show looked very good on paper. It was a very predictable outcome uh, for all of these matches, kind of. Uh, Edge had a chance to win it, but I think everybody was kind of leaning towards AJ Styles, as I do believe that is the better match of the two. Uh, Lashley winning his match was predictable. AJ winning over Lashley was predictable. Styles winning over Damian Priest and Nakamura was predictable. And then Finn Balor winning over Cody and The Miz was predictable because we all knew what Cody was going to have happen to him with Brock Lesnar. This whole tournament's been predictable. Not really a good start to crown a new world heavyweight champion, in my honest opinion. It's not. I think WWE could have done a lot better, but, you know, when they got a pay-per-view called Night of Champions and they have to do everything in a rush-rush manner and they got to give us a tournament that concludes in two weeks. Not even two weeks. A a week. WWE rushed through a fucking tournament in one week with four triple threat matches. 
Had everything take place on Monday, everything pl- take place on Friday. They let nothing breathe here. This tournament should have been something that lasted weeks. Should have been a field of 16. If you want to include SmackDown, make it a big deal. They had to do everything because Night of Champions, because Saudi Arabia. Don't you see how that diminishes how everything feels? It diminishes how the world title should feel. It diminishes the fucking competitiveness of the title and the tournament. It diminishes the the performance of these guys. Could have been so much more if there was a traditional tournament for the title. Built over TV. Qualifying matches and whatnot. Maybe do a round robin. Everything is just very rushed. There's no, there's no feel, man. They just, they, they just do just to do to crown a new champion, and then at the end of the, who fucking cares? They're gonna give it to the. You might as well have just given Rollins the fucking world championship based off his performance. It's the way I feel. But they gotta crown a champion and have it go off as a, a big deal, and Rollins and Styles is gonna be a banger. But the way that they got there, man, holy shit, that's the best you got. I'm sorry, man. So much could have been better. So much of it could have been better. Anyway, guys, that is your SmackDown post show right here on OTS. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section of tonight's show. We're going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit, guys. But I have some new merchandise coming out. It's actually already out. I pinned it at the top of the live stream chat. I really, really, really want to make a splash with this new t-shirt, man. This t-shirt's been three years in the making. And I want you guys to go out there and get one yourself. I'm going to step away for a little bit. I got to use the bathroom downstairs in my mother's basement. And I will be right back. But please, guys, take a listen to this. Buy yourself a t-shirt. We are now shipping U.S. And internationally with this new t-shirt. So if you guys are fans of the podcast overseas, you can get yourselves one, man. So make sure you guys go out and get the absolutely limited edition t-shirt, The Legend of JD from NY. What I'm about to show you guys is something that I've been sitting on for three plus years. It's something that I've wanted to do, something I've wanted to get out to you guys, the fans of the podcast, and I could not pick a more perfect day to do it than today. With the release today of The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom for Nintendo Switch, I am unveiling an absolutely exclusive and limited time release. When they are sold, they are gone. You will never be able to get this shirt ever again until I say so. Until the next time I want to release something like this happens. But today, for a limited, and I mean limited time only, I want you guys to click the link that I'm providing in this tweet. It'll take you to where you need to be. Purchase the Legend of JD from NY t-shirt, a Zelda-inspired design right now, available exclusively at the link I'm providing below. Make sure you guys go and get yours today. In my honest opinion, man, there have been some banger t-shirts. We've had the Summer Scam t-shirts. We've had the JD is Negan designs, which you guys love. The JD Club shirts, which came in the white and the gold. This, by far, 
is the greatest merchandise accomplishment that the podcast has ever seen. Make sure you get yours today. After this, it's gone. So make sure you guys click the link down below. Let's celebrate the legend of Zelda and the release of Tears of the Kingdom with your very own exclusive JD from NY, Legend of JD from NY t-shirt. Go get yours today. And I want to thank you guys, as always, for the massive support for the podcast. And I want to thank you guys very much from the bottom of my heart. It would mean a lot to me if you go and support by buying one of these t-shirts. Absolutely incredible design. And get yours today, man. It's going to be gone before you know it. So thank you guys very much. And I'll see you live back on the podcast for SmackDown tonight, right here on Off The Script. I don't even know why I come here. Yeah, I don't know why you come here either, motherfucker. I, what, what are you complaining about now? Holy shit. We're almost over. You could go home after that and watch Impact. Fucking geek. This guy watches Impact over here, man. I don't believe this guy. Anyway, thank you guys for joining me on the podcast tonight, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. There'll be plenty of content this weekend. So make sure you guys have that bell on so you are indeed notified. And go check the homepage out, man. I did an extra today. A couple of news items there. We were live on Thursday for episode 476. You guys can go check that out. Really great discussion. On the impending AEW TV deal, man. We went over everything. Go check that stuff out on the homepage right now. Let's get into the Super Chats. It's last call. It's last call. Thank you to Osequi for the $500 bomb before we even got started tonight. We love Osequi. Joseph Taylor. With a $7 Super Chat. JD, who wins this dream tag team match? The Young Bucks, the Usos, Kofi, and Big E of the New Day and Rated RKO. The Young Bucks win, Joseph. Put WWE 2K23 down, bro. This ain't a video game. Michelle Moran with a two-dollar super chat. Roman holding the tag belt hostage. Royally sucks. Uh, I don't think Roman's going to win the tag team title, so I don't think we have anything to worry about. Uh, Lauren Marie Hutton. We got a lot of super chats from Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, could we see the Usos turn face at SummerSlam? Maybe. Maybe. Think Bianca needed the heel turn more than Oscar. I agree. Styles and Rollins at Night of Champions. Indeed. Do you think this is Edge's last year? Love you, JD. Uh, I don't think this is Edge's last year. I think Edge actually uh, has a couple of years left in the tank if he wants it. If he doesn't stay with WWE, I see him going to AEW. Tony Brown with a $5 super chat. My Bailey JD. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, Tony Brown, the booty meat is alive and well on AEW. SmackDown's got some booty meat, but AEW is where the prime real estate is, bro. You know. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. I can see Styles beating Seth for the belt. 
then move the whole OC to Raw. Maybe Cody got shredded to SmackDown then. And were the loud Sammy chants real? Uh, I think the Sammy chants were real. Uh, uh, that's a lot of convoluted mess there, uh, Michelle. Um, Seth Rollins is winning the World's Heavyweight title, and Cody, if he wants to challenge Roman, needs to go and win Money in the Bank. Ali with a 9.99. Hey, J.D., who do you have Adam Cole go up against if he was in WWE on the Triple H creative? And do you like the current song in AEW or his song called Thunder Boom in WWE? Uh, I actually prefer his theme song now, Ali. And Adam Cole would probably be uh, in the world title hunt, honestly. He would probably be in the world title hunt. Uh, he'd probably be on the same brand as Seth Rollins, man. I could see him uh, doing a lot of world heavyweight championship title shit if Triple H was in charge here. Tootie Fruity with a 199. I would literally die if Roman actually won. Seth versus AJ is still going to be a great match, though. I agree, Tootie Fruity. Thank you for your 2199 Super Chats. Uh, Ali with a 99. 99. Thank you again, brother. For Zit with a 199. OC heel turn. New World Heavyweight Champion AJ Styles. No. I don't see that happen. ER Sane with a $2 Super Chat. I would actually love an Edge and LA Knight feud. I think that would be great. That may be exactly where they go, bro. Junkman Junk with a new membership. Thank you, Junkman. Appreciate you guys, man. Michael Jai Black. Or Jay Black. What do you think Theory is lacking? I feel like he needs more personality. It's a reason Dominic gets more heat than him. I don't think Theory's lacking anything. I think Theory's great. We just need some solid stories for Austin Theory. Tootie Fruity with a 199. JD, it's pronounced Grayson Wola. That's not how we here in New York pronounce Wola. It's Wola. Really want me to go in uh, in depth about it. It's Grayson Wola. The Reverend with a 199. We want to see a pic of you with long hair. Glory. Uh, not going to happen. My hair is long. I have long hair. Curls up in the back when I got my cap on. I do have hair underneath here. I do. It's like a fucking uh, mystery. What's under JD's hat? I have hair. You'll never see it. I'll be fucking 70 doing this show. I'll still fucking have an Atlanta Braves cap on. N with a 499. A week into the brand split, and they already have Raw superstars, Sammy and KO, showing up on SmackDown. Well, they do have the SmackDown tag team title, so I guess it works out, huh? I know they, but I know they have both titles, but still no logic. Joseph Taylor, final super chat. Sean Maluda is a part of the Anawaii. I knew he was a part of the Anawaii family. He is the nephew of Afa Anawaii. 
I wonder why he was never given uh, preferential treatment in the WWE. Say Ja with a 9.99. In my opinion, both Babyface, Seth, and AJ's last title reigns were boring and forgettable. I agree. I absolutely agree. Yet they're both in the finals instead of Edge. The one guy who had a story going into this. LOL, where to go, WWE. Listen, bro, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I don't know what to tell you, really. You're not wrong. The Reverend with a 199. Those who drink stag shalt. Those who drink stag shall burneth in hell. Glory. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Reverend. I'm sorry to hear that, Reverend. Michael J. Black. Another 199. Bailey hasn't been good since she came back, to be honest. I don't think damage control has been good. Damage control is actually bringing Bailey down, to be quite honest with you. It's not Bailey. Uh, I Watson with a $6 super chat. Roman the belt collector seems familiar. Yeah. Alex Young with a $10 super chat. Like how there were barely any entrances tonight besides Edge and Theory, most during commercials or completely during one. Liked EO's facial expressions during the interview and end of damage control entrance. I did notice that a lot of uh, the entrances were abbreviated today. Eric Newton with a $5 Super Chat. Great job on the Legend of JD shirt. Already ordered mine. Keep up the good work. Cheers. Thank you, Eric Newton. I, I really appreciate that, brother. Thank you so much, man. Uh, Tutti Fruity with a $4.99. Bianca sold the mist like it was acid or like it was melting her face off. Yeah. Yeah. We got a 199 super chat by Jack Mehoff. My Uber passenger was offended by your show. Well, fuck your Uber, uh, fuck your Uber passenger. What was he offended by, Jack Mehoff? What did I say that offended him, bro? These soft soy boy coconut milk almond milk drinking hacks. What did I say? Hollywood Eric on Five Dollar Super Chat. I think Jesse don't want to be here because he knows Goldberg will be in AEW, and all the VIPs are talking about that. Explains why he's upset. I'd love to know why this guy was upset. Jack Mehoff. Hollywood Eric, thank you so much, brother. Captain Solo with a Tadal Super Chat. The prime booty meat is on NXT. Listen, bro, NXT's got some fucking booty meat, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie there, man. NXT's got some, some nice looking assets. 
I don't know what they got in the water down in Orlando, but I may have to go, uh, I may have to visit. Omega Kong with a $5 super chat. Had to order the shirt. It is fire. Great show as always, Jay. The OTS for life. And fuck the Miami Heat. Yeah, Jack Mehoff. I hope this asshole left you a five-star rating, brother. I hope I was not the reason why you got a one-star rating. Thank you, Omega Kong. Thank you for ordering the shirt, brother. Really appreciate you uh, and the support of the show. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Jesse fears Bill Goldberg. Jesse fears a lot of things. Jesse fears Thunder Rosa. Jesse fears sour cream on his tacos. Jesse fears Julia Hart. Jesse fears charisma. Jesse fears a good steakhouse. This guy thinks Outback is a good steakhouse. Come on, man. Holy shit. This is the guy that we got representing us on Wednesday nights, man. We love Jesse. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. There'll be content all weekend long, guys. Please hit that subscribe button. Really, there'll be plenty of content for you guys, man, this weekend. I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in your sub boxes to a point where you may actually be annoyed by me. So make sure you guys go and check all that out, man. I'll be, uh, I'll be busy all weekend. It's Mother's Day. Take care of your mothers. If I hear you guys didn't have something nice for your mothers, man, I, I may dump you. Matt Feudership with a $2 super chat. Jesse fears Larry. That Jesse fears Larry, yeah. Larry is a beautiful specimen. Larry is the most handsome man. I take Larry home in a harpy. Love Larry. Larry's a 10 out of 10, man. If Larry was on Bumble, I'd swipe right. Anyway, guys, uh, go get your t-shirts. Legend of JD, now live, shipping internationally. Fear is, uh, I'm talking about Jesse's fear. Uh, don't fear buying the t-shirt. Go get your t-shirt. Link is in the comments. Follow me on Twitter, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. And I'll see you guys back here tomorrow with more right here on the number one fucking podcast in the community, man. Jack Meehoff, my Uber passenger said you cuss too much. Fuck him, Jack Meehoff. Probably orders his fucking coffee with almond milk at Starbucks, man. Fuck him. Thank you, Jack Meehoff. I'll see you guys tomorrow right back here on Off the Screen.